I think you have to tell the story. I think especially now, consumers, they want more than just a pretty piece of clothing. Like they want to know the backstory and we want it to be a journey as well that people are on and feel like they're part of the brand. I voted on that colorway. I saw mm. the struggles. I saw Natalie have four breakdowns. So like, I'm invested in this line. Hi, this is Bianca. And this is Anna. Your hosts of Girl Talk Monday's podcast where we discuss female empowerment, love and relationships, and everything in between. In this podcast, we speak to founders of fashion businesses, content creators, entrepreneurs, psychologists, and authors to inspire women to reach and fulfill their dream careers. So welcome to Girl Talk Mondays! to Natalie Glaze. Natalie is the founder of Stay Wild Swim, a swimwear brand made from regenerated ocean plastic and by Glaze, an ethical jewelry label. In this episode, we talk about how to create a premium brand with sustainability in mind. Well, first, thank you for having me. I love being on this podcast, very excited. Um, so a little bit about me. Um, so I am the co-founder of Stay Wild, which is a premium sustainable brand focusing on pieces made in London, using sustainable materials. And how I got into it is a bit of a roundabout. There's no real clear direction with my career path. It's been a bit of everything, basically. Um, started off in media. Then I started, I ended up like, blogging for a little bit as well. And I think that probably has helped a lot with the social media side of what we do. Mm. There's a bit of everything, a bit of PR. I was a Pilates teacher for a bit. Um, but I met my co-founder through Instagram, which is such a 21st century story. Yeah. And we met on, on Instagram and we kind of met at events and we became friends. And I think we both had very shared interests and we both started talking about sustainability a lot. Then I think it was it was about four or five years later, we reconnected, started hanging out and talked about um, the idea for swimwear. And it kind of just snowballed. There was never an official let's launch a business together. We just thought, this is an amazing idea. I love this like material. Let's give it a go. And we pretty much just jumped in and made it up as we have gone along. So that's kind of a very condensed version of how I got into running a business. I never set out to be like, I'm going to run a small mm-hmm. business. It just... Oh, that's interesting. You know, actually, Bianca and I also met in an event. So I feel like in the blogging industry, it's quite common. And it's really nice, actually, that you get to meet so many different people all the time. Especially combining like your two, your common interests on sustainability, and then what you two bring to the table in terms of a business itself. Can you tell us a bit more about how did you first get this started from like the very first stage of creating your business plan, having your idea and your real concept to researching what materials you will need to researching how you will be promoting this to your audience? Yeah. How was it in terms of getting your business off the ground, getting it first started? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of there's so many elements to running a business. I don't think neither me or Zana really realized how much there was mm. to it before we started. We're like, ah, mm-hmm. we're fine. We can look at fashion brand. Yeah. But in, in terms of where the idea kind of came from um, and how the research started, I mm. 
basically had found out about a material um, called econyl, which is the material we use in our swimwear. So it's made from regenerated ocean plastic. I think I first mm -hmm. heard about it through Adidas used trainers, which were made from the same material. So mm -hmm. I found out about the trainers and I was like, that's such a cool idea. Obviously I was interested in sustainability. I was talking about like kind of sustainable swaps and the fact mm -hmm. that it was ocean plastic, I thought, this would be such an amazing material for swimwear because it's such a natural story to be able to take it out of the ocean, turn it into pieces which are then beautiful, can be worn in the ocean, but then they're doing the part mm -hmm. to help kind of help tackle ocean plastic. So I started mm -hmm. doing some research and pulled mm -hmm. together a bit of a like kind of idea of what I wanted to do in terms of business plan. And then I was like, this is a beast. There's so much to do. I have no idea how to start. Like, where do you even begin? And then, so <laughs> this is all such social media related stuff. Zana, my co-founder, did a tweet being like, I would love to start a business from ocean plastic. And I've done all this research. I had this huge like Google Drive Excel, loads of factories on there, loads of research. So I just messaged her and said, hey, like, do you fancy catching up? I've got loads of research on this. Like, it might be useful for you. And then I was like, let's go for brunch. Let's go have a card yeah. toast. Such yeah. a basic way of just being like, hey, let's have some catch up. And yeah. uh, I basically was like, this is all the work I've done. I've done loads of research. I think there's yeah. something here for swimwear. And I was like, how do you feel about potentially going into business together and launching this? Like, I've already done quite a lot of legwork in terms of just the, the research stuff, which takes months, like building out doing stuff like finding a supplier and manufacturer. Like yeah. for us, it was, we started with no contacts or anything. So it was just Googling, yeah. we just Googled. And I was like, how do you find these things? I was like, I literally spent months Googling stuff. And just being like, how do you do this? How do you find this? Where yeah. like factories in London? And we created yeah. Google Drive, which just had loads and loads of research on. And then we decided we were going to give it a go. And we actually launched our social media first. So we were like, let's make a social media for Stay Wild, which is our brand, put it out there to the world and say, this is what we plan to do. Would anyone be interested? Is this something that we should pursue? Like, would you guys be interested in making, like buying pieces out of ocean plastic? Is that something that resonates with you? And we were like, let's like test the water, see mm -hmm. what happens. Yeah. And we hadn't really mm -hmm. come up with a business plan or concept. We just like, we knew we wanted to create somewhere out of ocean plastic. So we put it out there to the world. Everyone was like, oh my God, I love it. Definitely do it. And then we were like, oh gosh, we've committed to this now. We actually have to like make it work. And then we were like, okay, right. And then we turned it around. I think it took about eight, nine months of research, going to factories, doing sampling, which is quite a short period of time. Like normally it'd be a bit longer than that. But we didn't really have a plan. We didn't have a business plan, didn't have a marketing plan. It, it's very much been a like every step of the way been like making it up, being like let's just launch a product and like learn on the go I think now I'd probably do it a bit differently but it was it was an experience because we learned so much we probably made lots of mistakes we probably just it was kind of guesswork oh 100% I think yeah. that's actually such an interesting way to do it the fact that you kind of did it almost reverse psychology to see if there was first an mm -hmm. interest from your consumer before then going and like investing in actually producing the pieces and creating your brand putting it out there so I think that's a lesson to, to definitely take for any like aspiring entrepreneurs because yeah. I think it makes perfect sense and it's quite intelligent to do it in that way 
making it up as you go because there is really no true like one size fits all with a business is there no not at all and also it's like for us we were like why don't we get our consumers involved but for us actually the most important thing was the consumers which is why I think we launched social media first because we thought neither of us have any background in this why don't we chat to people ask their opinions get them involved and actually help them create this product and actually since the beginning it's we have we get our audience involved in every step of the way so they they name the products they vote on colorways mm -hmm. so we'll be like what color should we launch with and we'll literally have a poll mm -hmm. on instagram and then they launch and then that's the color we go with or say mm -hmm. and we've done open casting from the very beginning we put open casting calls on social media so all of our models have come from those so it's very much been it's almost been like an audience-led brand like they have helped mm -hmm. Our decisions shape our brand every we get we always like track all their feedback and we go okay right so lots of people are asking for this kind of style then we bring that in and i always when we launched we were like it's me zana and our social media audience is like our third team member who are helping us make decisions because they're the people who'll be buying it so therefore they probably know better. Yeah, exactly yeah yeah i feel like that's what a lot of people miss when they start up in business they just think about what they want but they don't actually think about what their consumer is looking for and you know what type of issues they have in their day-to-day -day life so i think that's a really really interesting way to go about it and you know you hear people all the time with these elaborate plans of what they're going to do but you really have to test the waters before you know what's going to come out of it and come out of that business that you want to start. We actually did a little bit of uh, Instagram stalking and we saw that you have another brand as well by Glaze. Um, so we just kind of wanted to understand, you know, how you work, how do you run these two brands at the same time whilst also having your own social media? How do you make that all go around? Lots of coffee all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, last year it was actually, a, it's like a pandemic brand baby thing. So in the mm. pandemic, when we were in lockdown and it was a bit quieter, I think lots of decisions were made. Like we launched a whole new collection, which we can chat about to stay wild. That came from just us being sitting and kind of being able to have time to look at our audience, think about where we want to go, take feedback and go, okay, where's the kind of consumer market going to be if people can travel less? And then I'm just basically one of those people who makes themselves very busy. And it's a bit of a like, sometimes I'm like, why would you do this to yourself? Like, why have you done this? But I basically decided to launch another business on, mm -hmm. on the side. Um, so it's a sustainable jewelry and ceramics business which the idea came again from just, I was sitting at home. I have always loved jewelry. I've always loved, so my mum is an artist and she does lots mm. of design stuff. She does lots of ceramics and we were chatting and we were like, we should do something together because I'd shown sneak peeks of her work and sneak peeks of her drawings and like shared her page and people were like, oh my gosh, I love, I love that. And um, so Yes, so we've basically spent the last year developing a jewellery business. So it's all made from recycled materials. It's very simple, not fashion-led, almost like timeless pieces, which can be worn with everything. Because I basically get asked most about jewellery, swimwear, home stuff. So I was like, mm -hmm. oh, people are very interested. People are asking a lot. And that's just how my brain works. I'm like, oh, people are clearly interested. Why not set up a whole new business in that area? <laughs> um, and then I spoke to my mum. So she helped me with all the designs. So she did all the designs for everything. And then we're making like jewellery bowls, like ceramic bowls, which she's making all kind of 
shell and ocean and sand inspired pieces. Yeah, we could really see that sustainability is like at the heart of what you do. Yeah. And I wonder if did this whole idea and I guess like your discovery of um, the ocean plastic you used for your first brand, yeah. did it come through out of a strong like gap in the market, do you believe, for this kind of product, this kind of um, material, something more innovative? Or was it just a really big personal interest of yours? Probably a combination of both. So I think both me and Zana had an interest in well, we both had a love for the ocean. We both grew up around the ocean. Mm -hmm. We both grew up around nature. And I think with that, we you kind of can't help but notice the impact of ocean plastic. We're both learning about more and more about sustainability, making sustainable stops in our life. We then found out about the material. And yes, it aligned really well with our personal beliefs and what we were passionate about. But then we also thought, we did lots of research and realized actually at the time there was hardly any brands in the UK that were making swimwear from ocean plastic. It was like very limited. Mm -hmm. We found, and then we were like, let's just get some samples of the material, found out about the technicality of it. It's just as good in, as like any other swimwear material, in, if not better mm -hmm. in terms of technical sides of it. And I was like, there's clearly a gap of actually being able to make. And I think so we did a lot of research and looked at the market and looked at where the gaps were and looked at where we could fill and also David Attenborough had done his talk I don't know if you saw it you know he did a talk on one of his um programs I've got brain blank of what it's called and he was like did this huge speech at the end talked about the impacts of plastic and like obviously the devastating effects there was a huge spike in conversations there was a huge spike in like searches for sustainability, sustainable brands. And this was at the time we were doing the research and we were thinking, yeah. actually, yes, it is of course something we're really passionate about, but there is this kind of rise in conversation like two, three years ago when we first started was when everyone was starting to talk more and more about sustainability. So we were like, actually, this is the right time to launch it. It makes sense from a business perspective. There's a gap in the market. And I'm really glad we launched when we did because we, we kind of, went very quickly into launch because we were like, there's definitely a space for it. We need to launch. We need to get more yeah. out there. And yeah. then there's just been like an explosion in sustainable fashion, people learning more and more about it, becoming more interested in it. And since yeah. we launched the consumer mindset, I've really noticed the change and the shift of people wanting to buy into more sustainable fashion, people yeah. asking more and more about where things are made or what the materials are made from. And it is becoming, and you see now high street brands, not, I mean, there's obviously sides to it and not necessarily all high street brands that use sustainable materials are sustainable. However, there is a shift in conversation. It's becoming more mainstream and the fact that it's becoming more mainstream conversation, that's been something that I've seen change over the course of us launching the business. So yeah, I think a combination, love the planet, but also thinking this is a really smart idea and we should jump on it while there's not many other brands doing it. It's definitely a really, really interesting time right now, because as you said, you can see huge companies transitioning and making pledges to becoming more sustainable. And yeah, it's just really the right time. But what I wanted to know is, um, what do you think are the most difficult aspects of running and having a sustainable brand? I think there's a lot. I think, one, sustainable materials are more expensive. So if you look at like traditional fashion model, the way to like where you make a make stuff is often made very cheaply. It's made using cheap materials, so the actual cost of making it is quite low. 
hours if you want to do it sustainably and ethically you've got to think that it's not just one getting a good material which costs more but it's also where is that piece being made so there's a lot of research into where is it being manufactured you have to think that when we started we had to think about every little element so it's how much are those people being paid what are the working conditions like not just the material it's also thinking okay well what about the thread what about the packaging what about the hygiene liners what about the zips what about like it's like every single element and I think sustainability for some brands can be such a minefield because they're like where do I start and it is more expensive which because it's like it's an, if it's you're making it ethically like we make our pieces in London we make it on our doorstep so we can go in we know it's being ethically made we know how much everyone's being paid we know about the working conditions we know how long they're in the factory for However, that is a huge, like compared to the cost of probably producing, say, swimwear in China, the difference in that production cost is vast. But that is a decision that we made because we were like, we didn't want to cut the corners. We wanted to be able to walk in. We wanted to know those people. But there's there's quite like it's not necessarily like fashion as an industry isn't built around sustainability, isn't built around sustainable fashion. So therefore, doing it in a sustainable, slower way. It's kind of going against the grain of what the fashion model has been built against. So actually it, it, it is harder and it's often a lot more research. It's a lot slower. It's just one of those things that actually you have to kind of go, okay, well, what, what's very important? And then you, then you just go, I can't, like for us, we were like, well, we're not going to cut any corners. We're not going to do any shortcuts in this. So therefore we have to do it properly. I think your your entire customer base is there for one that values the high quality, they value your take on the environment and being sustainable and environmentally friendly and are willing to, you know, invest more in these pieces. And also they probably don't consume as fast as your customer who doesn't maybe pay attention to these or wants to compromise and get things for like lower price or lower quality because at the end of the day, you can't have everything in a brand like you can't be a perfect sustainable brand like a hundred percent sustainable brand doesn't exist like we're not a hundred percent sustainable because actually the most sustainable option is just not having a fashion or clothing brand and around it's like what you were saying actually around the pricing of we build our pieces to last for years and years and years so we're mm. a whole ethos around actually don't buy as much buy a lot less but just like buy one piece and that will last you years, look after it, it will last like, a long time as opposed to just buying a huge amount of pieces. But I also completely understand that one, sustainable fashion isn't accessible for everyone. The price point may, means that sometimes people can't afford it. And that's totally fair. And like, I think as a brand, we're very much, um, we're very much open to being like, we understand that actually it's you no one is perfect. And I think it's like taking away the pressure of being like, you have to only shop sustainable. It's like, no, we, We'll do, we have like blog posts, we have loads of informative stuff on our website to be like, look, you can come and never buy anything from us and you're still just as valued because we just mm-hmm. appreciate your support and you can come on our blog, you can learn stuff, but you don't have to just buy from us to be a valued part mm-hmm. of the world experience, you know? Yeah, I think that's so nice to have a community that is so involved and also too involved, and as we were saying earlier as well, yeah. that is really like the show of a modern day business so how many collections do you actually launch in a year what we try and do is so yeah we launched one collection then that's been our collection we haven't launched anything new and I think for us we try we try and be like seasonless as a brand so we'll create a core collection and then we'll say okay well where are 
pieces missing or what styles are missing mm -hmm. let's bring that in or let's bring in new colorways and um, mm -hmm. at first so we launched new collection today and that's the first time mm -hmm. we launched a new collection in two years i'm like oh my mm -hmm. gosh it's like oh, yeah, it's mental but i think for us what we're trying to do is create we'll have like two three collections on our website which are timeless and then they'll put them mm -hmm. that will be like a timeless collection which will then go okay well maybe that needs a this style bikini because it's missing a certain shape and then we'll bring that piece in as opposed to like dropping lots of collections mm -hmm. kind of, we, that's the way we see it so we're trying to do it in a lot slower way which I think actually is really interesting because we have pre-covid we were showcasing at fashion week and we were speaking to lots of fashion journalists and they were saying actually there is a big shift towards more seasonless um mm, fashion yeah. actually because then they'll be like when when was your last last collection and we're like two years ago they're like oh interesting <laughs> we're saying actually we're going down that whole we don't really have seasons we just have pieces which we believe are timeless and will last season to season and years and years i find it really interesting though because if you look at the whole fashion industry as a whole you can really see that everyone is trying to slow down. Everyone's trying to produce less collections. Even the the biggest brands, they're coming out with more simplistic pieces, pieces that you know you can rewear and style in different ways. And I think it's amazing how both of you are so on top of what's happening in the industry. And uh, you really know what the consumer wants. Would you say that you have learned this from listening to your consumer or how did you gather all this information and make decisions basically? Probably a combination. I would say a lot of it comes from listening to what people want and kind of mm. seeing what the feedback is. We chat a lot to people. We do a huge amount of like questions. So we'll just do stories where we'll say, what do you guys want next? What do you think is missing? How do you feel about collections? How do you feel about drops? Because it's for us, it's almost like a learning curve. We're on the same journey with them and we're trying to build a brand that people actually want. And a lot of the feedback like I would say 99% of feedback is we love the fact that you actually you've created pieces that are will still love and that, that don't go out and they're not coming off your website because you're bringing in a new collection so I think that on top of the fact that obviously we do a lot of market research we look into the industry I didn't really know much about fashion at all really but then we started doing a bit more kind of side of fashion stuff and working with fashion week Paris fashion week London fashion week and kind of you get a bit of a understanding but I think what's been quite unique about our journey is the fact that where we have no preconceptions of what a fashion brand should be how many collections we should launch like we have no idea so we just kind of just did it our way and then when people would be like what's your I don't know spring summer blah 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 we'd be like sorry what huh like, <laughs> just had no idea that that what and when we, we went into so we're Selfridges brand new thing swimmer brand and I remember in our meeting they'd be asking for like autumn winter collections in advance spring summer and yeah. we had to be just like we're not going to be following those timelines we're just going to have one collection I think that although it is a little bit different to what a traditional fashion brand would be it's like that's it's been quite unique and it's probably a good thing that we've just been kind of guessed it and just done it our way and it's been quite different but we haven't had those 
oh, this is how you should run a brand kind of thing to make yeah. it up. Yeah, that's actually interesting that um, you got that kind of feedback because it is true that generally businesses will say, yeah, they would want to buy like way ahead of time too, like six months in advance. They've already got their order ready for you. And um, nowadays, I think people are having to change the model a little bit too, especially with what happened during the whole lockdown and COVID in 2020 with businesses shutting their doors for a while and it is really hard now to predict and be that far in advance because you know life just goes to show how unpredictable things are too and people also want their pieces ready available now like the see now buy now trend that was happening where uh, fashion brands were also selling their pieces right after they like walk down the runway literally yeah yeah i think it is a good business model to have too and like we said before there is no one way to do it what would you say is one of your biggest most important things to know when first starting a business I think one key thing which I often come back to is when we were kind of coming up to our launch we had a conversation and we were saying things aren't going to be ready it's not going to be perfect and I remember we got one bit of advice which someone said nothing is going to be perfect nothing will ever be perfect actually just launch your brand and then it can evolve and you can get feedback and it will change so I think you can end up getting into like your head and think I will only launch my product when it's perfect and then five years down the line it's still not perfect and you still haven't got it I actually think there's so much value in putting your idea out there putting your products out there and going okay like give us your feedback let us know what you think what should we be changing what would you do differently in my head our first year was like product testing Although we launched the business officially, that was the year we just gathered so much feedback, got to know what our customers wanted. And that probably would have been way more valuable than us trying to go back and forth and perfect every time a little thing, because I just don't think there is the perfect time to launch a brand or it's never going to be 100% ready. So I think just putting something out there, although it's scary, is definitely something which I would suggest is I just start that conversation with your customers, get them get them trying your pieces or get them giving you feedback that's where the value is I believe I have a lot of perfectionists around me and in my life and they always say you know I have to wait I have to launch it when it's perfect um but yeah I think it's going to be great for them I'm going to play this to them so that they know that they should just start and get going uh but yeah so I think that's an amazing message to tell people because otherwise you can just get stuck in one place and keep grinding, but you just don't really get anywhere and you don't get feedback. So that's amazing. But I was going to ask you actually how you felt that this year has been for you with COVID, with Brexit. How have you, well, the past year, how have you adapted and how have you, this changed your your business and your mindset? Yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy year <laughs> for everyone um but for business owners as well like obviously at the big no one could have predicted it and I think we all had these plans and everyone had launches and this that the other and then everything was thrown in the air and I think at the beginning it, we were very uncertain because like obviously we are well we, last year we were just somewhere so we were like okay we're seasonal we're around weather like you're unless you're a cold water swimmer it's mainly around when it's summer and um, mm-hmm. so at the beginning I was very much like oh my gosh how are we going to shoot how are we going to launch anything so yeah it was very uncertain um but I think we have luckily managed to have a really strong year and I think that's been down to a few things um one has been just like adapting and getting that whole as soon as it started we kind of again had that feedback with the customers we were like okay how's everyone feeling what do people want from this year 
and we were just listening to feedback and kind of took our time a little bit to assess the market where where we think it was going and I think so we basically fast forward have launched a collection called essentials which we launched today very exciting so it's our first um collection which isn't swimwear so it's basically like essential basics bras underwear bottoms which can be worn on a day-to-day basis and I think having the time to kind of sit back and plan how do we make our brand less seasonal focused and actually having the time to develop that having the time to kind of go back and forth get the styles right get the designs right and then have a product line that isn't dependent on people going on holiday or people sitting out sunbathing so I think in many ways that wasn't that was actually the plus side although it has been a very difficult uncertain year that being able to bring out this collection would never have happened and I think that was because we were almost forced with the fact that our round the weather so we're like okay well how would we actually make sure that these pieces can be worn day to day and on a daily basis and I think it also forced us to be very creative because we had colors which we wanted to launch and then we're like okay well we can't shoot how are we gonna launch things so then we launched a whole a whole new colorway or like illustrations only so we used an illustrator who had lost her job to kind of give her freelance work and she illustrated loads of our past imagery with all the new colorways and we launched it purely with illustration and I was like oh my gosh how is this going to go down and people be like why have you just illustrated images but actually it was one of our most successful launches and I think that's we were very open with the fact that you know we can't shoot we still want to be able to show these pieces this is this is our new colorway this is the illustrated on all these different women so you can see it and being able to kind of be it almost forced us to be more creative. Oh, absolutely. There is the good and the bad, and it's what you make out of it. If you sit there and still can say your business is not going to do well because you can't launch as you plan, you can't shoot on models as you planned, then it really isn't going to go well. But to be reactive and to be innovative and like you did, uh, come up with illustrations to show the clothing and even launch a new line that you hadn't initially thought of, that is a good proof that actually paying attention to your surroundings and being creative really does pay off. And I guess you will see with the next few weeks and months how this line performs. But so far, do you have a good reaction from your audience? Is this something they were expecting? Are they really happy to see an essentials line? Yeah, so we we basically started hinting like about two weeks ago, just being like we've got lots of feedback and like you guys kind of gave us the idea. And I think people have been very excited for the launch because we did lots of almost like out of focus videos, out of focus like pictures and stuff like that. Mm. So I think being able to gain a bit of like excitement around it has been really good. And but it's always scary launching something new because it's a whole, it's a different line to what we usually do. Like with swimwear, mm. we know our audience, we know what they want from swim, but actually bringing in a whole new line is always a bit scary. But so far, it's actually gone down very, very well, which I'm very excited about. I think we worked with some incredible women and we've been able to showcase like, the journey of the pieces and so far, so good. So fingers crossed. <laughs> but how long does it take you from the very initial stages of like designing a product to having the final piece ready? I think I don't think I ever realised how long it actually takes, but it does. it's such a long process actually of the first initial idea to your final finalized product once it's been through mm-hmm. the stages oh so I think we try and communicate that a lot will be like this 
this is how long it's taken like we do lots of behind the scenes mm -hmm. because I think if you don't see that side of things as a consumer you have no concept of how long that piece has taken to be developed or how long that collection has taken and you just can think like you I probably thought it took about a month maybe before I started the brand and now I'm like okay right so they've probably been working on that for the last year and I think it gives you a, a different perspective on clothing or you see yeah. someone bring out something and you think I know how much work went into something like that and mm. your appreciation of stuff and then people are like can you launch a style like this and I'm like I would love to it's another nine months so. yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean it's really really interesting to see that you actually communicate that because I feel like a lot of brands they just keep all the behind the scenes information to themselves and they don't actually talk about how long it takes or you know the different materials you have to source from different locations that kind of thing so it's just yeah it's very interesting that you bring that up to your consumer and I'm sure that everyone that shops your brand as well they really have a deeper appreciation for what you do and that's something that's hard to come by so I think you have to tell the story I think especially now consumers they want more than just a pretty piece of clothing like they want to know the backstory and we want it to be a journey as well that people are on and that feel like they're part of the brand I voted on that colorway I saw mm. the struggles I saw Natalie have four breakdowns <laughs> so like I'm invested in this line we want to involve people and want them to feel like they have been along the journey with us I think it then makes them feel more connected to our pieces yeah, absolutely. I think it is a very modern day thing as well to bring customers along in that journey with you. So it does really play into like consumer psychology. But I'm going to just ask a last question. So with you and Zana as partners, did you ever actually have any challenges um, working in business together? Or has it just been smooth sailing? Uh, we always say that running a business together is like being married and you have like <laughs> your ups and your downs and you have challenges. <laughs> I think constant up and down, up and down. Especially mm. in the first few years, I think, when you're establishing yourself. Mm. Me and Zana have definitely had a lot of breakdowns and a lot of tears between the two of us and like late night voice notes being like oh my gosh I think what's really great is we both have very different skill sets and I think that's what makes us quite good like partnership because actually she has skills where I don't have skills and then I have skills where she might not have skills and actually together we have a more of a rounded skill set yeah that's amazing then you can actually divide things up and feel like it's not a million tons of bricks on your shoulders so that's a great partnership you have there so for everyone who's listening can you tell them where they can find you yes so stay wild who we've spoken about is at stay wild swim on instagram and stay wild swim is our website and then my new business which we spoke about a little bit is at by glaze and then i'm at ashley glaze thank you for listening to our episode with natalie glaze we hope you enjoyed this conversation and that you learned a little bit more about sustainability and the new ways that fashion is innovating we also hope you gained some insight into a real life fashion startup and that natalie's career lessons have taught you a little something if you're thinking about launching a business of your own until next time bye, bye. bye.